After Velvet Revolver, I was once again left with no idea of what to do. I guess that's pretty much the story of my career. I never had any consistency lasting more than three or four years before it all went to shit. As a result, when I got a text from Lemmy one evening asking if I could jump in and replace Mickey D during Motorhead's USA tour, it felt like a sign from God. I mean, Velvet Revolver was over, so the message made me feel like everything might be all right after all. I also felt pretty flattered and quickly replied, why me? My phone beeped. Dave Grohl's not available. I laughed and wrote back, when are we rehearsing? We're not. The first show was in Washington, D.C. And as I walked into the club where we were due to play, Phil Campbell and Lemmy came out to meet me. I had known them both for some time and was happy to see them. Though we didn't have much time to chat before sound check, which involved running through the entire set from start to finish. Sounds great, Lemmy said once we were done. Let's go. I remember being really nervous that evening. First, I was sober. And second, Mickey was a really different kind of drummer than me. I'd say he's more of a heavy metal drummer, whereas I'm more rock. Besides, some of the songs were pretty challenging. In the name of tragedy, and Bomber, for example. Despite that, we rocked it. And I think everyone was happy once we left the stage. There were just the three of us on the tour bus, Lemmy, Phil, and me. Lemmy had the back lounge, and Phil and I shared the rest of the space. They both drank quite a bit, but Lemmy never seemed out of control. In fact, he actually spent most of his time watching war movies back there. Aside from when he told the driver to stop the bus in the middle of the night, I sometimes woke up to find us parked outside a casino. We often spent five or six hours parked like that. The road was Lemmy's spiritual home. He was a real road dog, a vagabond. Phil was a little different. He had kids and missed his family. But Lemmy didn't have a family like that. He actually did have one son, Paul, but they didn't meet until the kid was already in his teens. Before the shows, we all had our own dressing rooms, which I found pretty weird. Lemmy had a slot machine in his, and he liked to read books. He needed his quiet time before the show, but afterwards he liked to meet people, particularly girls. As far as I was concerned, I was just glad to be sober, because I really had no way to fight my way through the shows. After just a couple days, both my hands were completely blistered. I should have taped them, but I didn't. Before long, I was in constant pain. It was brutal. After we'd played maybe 10 shows, Lemmy came up to me in the bus and said, I gotta go to Memphis. The reason was that a film crew was making a documentary about him, and the crew wanted to film while he guested with Metallica. So Lemmy and I took the bus down there, and Phil rode with the crew to our next gig in Orlando. Ace caught a plane down to Memphis and came out to meet us. In the movie, you can actually see me and Lemmy and Ace walking into Metallica's tuning room. Lars looks up in surprise when he sees me and shouts, What the fuck? He clearly had no idea I was playing with his idols. One of the best shows I played with Motorhead was at Stubbs Barbecue in Austin. That was also where Lemmy and I did an interview for Classic Rock Magazine. The reason I remember it is the guy asked Lemmy, How would you describe your life in two words? Without even thinking, Lemmy said, Fierce joy. 